rhinoceros, your breath knew. The power of death couldn't hold you now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Out from the grave like Lazarus. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Out from the grave like Lazarus. Didn't know that was in there. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Disciples House. Please be seated. As you might have noticed, a few were out on uh, visiting their fathers for Father's Day, and uh, but we're all here, and we're here to to uh, praise praise our own, praise our Father, and to give Him praise and to lift Him up. So, happy Father's Day to you, Lord. You're the you're all of our fathers. We thank you for all that you've done for us and you're continuing to do for us. You are the Father in heaven and earth. We thank you. All right, so upcoming events. Uh, Generation Life Youth Camp, of course, starts not this week, but next week. Yeah. So, praise God, I'm going to be ready. <laughs> all right, and then the 4th of July is coming up. And then uh, on July 8th, we're going to do prayer for the nation at 8 a.m. And then uh, August 4th is our fourth year anniversary, church anniversary. That's amazing. Doesn't seem like it's been that long. All right. Um, and then August 6th will be Vision Sunday. All right. We're going to talk about the vision of the church. Okay. So, anything else? All right. Our meditations for this week. Uh, Ephesians 2, uh, verses 6 through 7. Is our in him for this week. And it says, And hath raised us up together, and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. So our confession, I have been raised up and made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Okay, don't read it off the bulletin. There's typos. <laughs> right? All right. Um, that God might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards me through Christ Jesus. All right. <laughs> All right, and then, uh, uh, and then our healing scripture for this week is Deuteronomy 4.40. Uh, with a side note from Deuteronomy 28.8. Okay. Okay. So, uh, the, the scripture is, Thou shalt keep, keep therefore his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and, that, and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. All right. So, our, so our confession I keep God's commandments. I am a doer of the word of God in my life. 
This allows God to command the blessing to me and my children, as well as prolong my days upon the earth. Praise God. All right. Well, I guess we need to pray. Oh, Lord, we thank you for being here with us today. We thank you for your many blessings, and we thank you for your healing power in operation in our bodies. And Lord, we just, we just know that you will be here with us today and that you will give us the words that need to be spoken, that you will lead us and guide us and, and give us the boldness to speak the words that you would have us to speak so that your people can draw closer to you and become more, more Christ-like and, and become better disciples in your name. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You cannot interfere. You cannot, your bindings are loosed, and people are set free as they enter these doors. Your sickness cannot hold. It will leave in Jesus' name. Our bodies will line up in, in Jesus' name, and they will operate the way that God intended them to. Lord, we just... We just thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for being here with us. And Lord, we just know that, you, that you're here with us. And I'm going in circles, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, Lord, we just love you. We want to be with you. We want to spend time with you. And that's why we're here. Because this is Father's Day, Lord. This is the day that we celebrate you. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All right, so our church confession. All right. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation, a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life saved by grace i am buried with christ by baptism i am raised from the dead with him i walk in the newness of life i am forgiven and redeemed i am an ambassador of christ i am the righteousness of god i am the workmanship of god's hands i am created and ordained to do good works i am justified by faith, I am chosen, I abide in Christ, I am holy and without blame, I am predestined for adoption, I am more than a conqueror, I am an overcomer, and I am greater, I live, move, and have my being in Christ, I reign as a king in life, I can do all things through and through Christ, I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Praise the Lord. All right.
Jesus, we're here to honor and worship you. 
And we thank you, Father God, for giving us your son as the perfect example. Glory, 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 glory. Let your influence be able to keep you. Who is able to keep you from stumbling? And to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power. For all time, now and forever, let your influence be able to keep you, who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power for all time, now and forever. We're here to honor you, to glorify you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. Before I lift my cares, I will lift my heart. I want to know you, I want to find you in every season, every moment. 
Holy Spirit, we invite you. Have your way in this service. Give Pastor Mike, Pastor Robbie, your word, your direction. Glory. Father, it's an honor and a privilege to be in your house this morning. Father, we lift you. We magnify you, Father. Father, we lift up our holy hands in praise and honor and worship. Father, we just, oh, Father, we just surrender all down and all to you, Father God. Father, not our thoughts, not our plans, not our purposes, but yours. Father, your design, your plan, and your purpose. Father, there's been many things that you've been speaking to my heart about over the last 12 to uh, 16 hours, and Father, I thank you for it. And Father, I'll do my best to, to utter it, and I know that uh, Pastor Michael will pick it up in the spirit that he's already picked it up. And Father, I thank you that our men will leave encouraged today, strengthened by your word. And Father, the, the, the women... Father, that we'll take our place as the helpmate. And, Father, we give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. Well, this, you may be seated. Uh, we do have several people out on the road and out and about this morning. Um, the Curtises are driving home from their Father's Day. You know, they don't take a whole lot of breaks. They take very few breaks in a year. Uh, but every year they, they uh, go and... Uh, go camping with the family, and that's Mari's Father's Day gift as he gets to be with with all the children and the grandchildren. Um, and so they're traveling home uh, sometime today, I believe. Uh, so keep them lifted up in prayers. And um, and then uh, Miss Ann is recovering. Uh, you know, um, our house got attacked with sickness. Uh, but that does, well, does that mean y'all were in sin? No, it means that camp is right around the corner. <laughs> That's what it means. You can be right in the middle of God, right perfect in this dab of, of the perfect will of God, be right in the middle of it, and the devil will come with an attack to disrupt and to get you out of that plan. Uh, and we've grown rather accustomed to it. used to be, uh, the month before camp, man, it was just bombs and explosions everywhere. Uh, we've gotten so accustomed to it, we just tell the devil, keep his hands off and go. Um, and he tries every year to throw something at us, but it doesn't stop us. We just keep on going like the Energizer Bunny. Uh, why? Because of the anointing and the power and the grace of God. Uh, so we just keep going. And so... Um, and it uh, makes us overcomers, not undergoers. Yes, it does make us overcomers, praise the Lord. Uh, so, you know, when you're getting close, when you're believing God, I want to encourage you this morning, when you're believing God for something and it just, and there starts to be bombs going off around you, that's not the time to quit and give up. That's not the time to throw in the towel. That's not the time to back down. That's the time exactly to press toward the mark. That's the time to push in. That's not the time to quit. Uh, many, 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 many believers miss out on their miracles and answered prayers because they quit right before the breakthrough. Uh, if you'll remember, Daniel was praying, and uh, it was 20, was it Daniel or David? It was Daniel. 
praying, and it was 21 days before the angel came. And he, and he told them, he said, he said, listen, God heard you the moment you started praying, but Satan, I've had to push through the forces of Satan to get to you, and that's why it's taken 21 days. Um, you know, and so uh, just because pressure comes, just because attacks come, uh, doesn't mean that we're supposed to just, well, that's it, throw in the towel. No, the pressure's there because the devil's trying to get you to throw in the towel. You know, you got to be like old Rocky, you know, it looks like you're going down, it looks like you're over, and everybody's shouting at you to throw in the towel. That's when you need to find it on the inside, that Holy Ghost power on the inside, to get up and push through and say, no, come on, we're going on. Amen. We're doing it. Uh, and uh, so that's what you got to do. And um, so just, just push in. This morning it is Father's Day, and we do love the men in the house. And, and um, you know, and uh, the Lord's been talking to me, as I was mentioned in prayer, the Lord's been talking to me. Uh, and if you don't know it, you've not been really, you've had your head in a hole, to be honest. Uh, there's an attack on our men. There is an attack on our men, uh, and it's not okay. It's not okay with the Father. It's not okay with the Lord Jesus. It's not okay with the Holy Ghost, and us ladies should not be okay with it. We shouldn't be. Uh, no, our ladies need to get in there and help support and build up our men, not get on the bandwagon of tearing our men down. Uh, no, we shouldn't do that. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, um, women uh, were called alongside of men to be a helpmate. Well, you're talking husbands and wives, and I'm single. No, I'm talking about society as a whole. Believe it or not, uh, um, yes, there is something to be said for a husband and a wife supporting each other and being there for each other, but we as a society have missed it. We as a society have come under the influence of devils and demons to uh, remove men from their first habitation, from their first position. And that's not okay. I want you to look right here in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, we know that in chapter 1, verse 27, that God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, uh, had a meeting and they decided to make men uh, or mankind in, his, in their image. And he made us male and female for the ability to reproduce and all of that. But then you get to chapter 2, and chapter 2 gives us some very clear details. Some very clear details. And I want you to look at verse, I think I told you verse, I, told, I think I told you a verse, but I want to back nope, up to verse yeah. 15. So chapter 2, verse, um, 15. verse 15, let's look at what God does here. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So who did God, who did, what did God do? He put man in the Garden of Eden. It says that he took, he took, he took, he took the man. It doesn't say that he took the woman. It says that he took the man. Well, but, but we know that he's talking about mankind. Well, that's true, but the man, it says that he took the man. He took Adam, and he did what? He told Adam to do what? He he said, dress it and keep it. He put man in the garden first, not the woman. God put man in the garden first, not the woman. Why? There's a reason for that. Men are built 
differently than women. They're built differently. They're built to dress and to keep. Their men are built to forge an area. They're built to go into an area and overtake an area. That's what men are created for. Women are trying to be the forgers. They're trying to be the ones that go in and clear an area and establish it. That's not our job. That is not our job. Let's read on a little bit more and find out what our job is. All right, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, who did he give the commandment to? The man. The man. He gave the commandment to the man. Pay attention to this now. Let's keep going. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. Now, God got to looking at man and said, You know what? Man, men. It's not good for you to be alone. In other words, God saw that men needed a little more than what God had put into them. So what does he do? He said, I will make him a what? Help me. A help meet. Ladies are supposed to help or assist the men in the forging of taking an area. He said, go dress the garden and keep it and then he said oh you need a lady you need you need a helpmate you need a helpmate so evidently women were not made exactly the same way as men because of how much you know that wouldn't have helped the men nope it wouldn't have helped them it wouldn't have helped them now did it say did he say god said uh let uh well men you're not quite good enough let us give you a a ruler over you. No, he didn't say that. He said, I'm going to make a help mate. Now, let's read a little bit more, because this doesn't happen immediately. Let's read just a little bit more. All right. Verse 19. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them in, into, unto Adam to see that what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was the name thereof so first he says adam you need a helpmate but before i bring you the helpmate on the scene let me create all of the creatures and he brings all of the creatures to adam and he says adam i want you to name them now i want you to think about this whatever you name them that's going to be their name for the rest of their life why did he not bring the women on the scene at this point? I want you to think about this now. What's well, Adam's job, but how much do you know we'd still be trying to decide what to name some of these things? And how much do you know the rhinoceros would be the unicorn? And it would have glittery horns and who knows what else. Why? Men are very decisive. Men are very decisive. Men are very category-minded. They're very task-oriented. You give them a job, and they handle it. They don't look at the 16 different ways to do the job. 
They don't look at all the pluses and the minuses. They don't look at all the different angles and all of that. They say, the men, the men look at it and they go, hmm, you want me to name it? Rhinoceros, elephant, crocodile. Bird. Bird. <laughs> bird. I actually did that. <laughs> yes. We actually went around, I said, I said, Michael, this bird really likes you. I think you need to name him. He said, okay, his name is Bird. Mr. Bird, that's what we called him, Mr. Bird. Uh, yes, how much do you know? Us ladies would be like, well, it could be a unicorn, it could be rhinoceros, it could be gray, if he's gray, we might could call him a storm. Who knows, we'd still be figuring this thing out. No, men, men name it. Uh, and then, um, you know, and how much you know, that took some work for the men. That took some work for Adam. I, I, I really want to know how he came up with, um, Platypus? Huh? Yeah, Platypus. platypus. <laughs> Let me look at this thing. Hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know, Lord. I'm tired at this point. I'm feeling a little groggy. I think I'm going to call it, and he probably tried to call it one thing and tripped and said something else, and that became its name, Platypus. Who knows? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to ask Adam. Adam, how did you come up with some of these names? But it says, and whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was its name thereof. How much do you know? We don't change the names. Dogs have been dogs for centuries. You know, once something gets its formal name, it's, that's its name. I mean, you, they might say it slightly different in different languages, but how much you know? We all mean the same thing. But keep going now. Verse 20. All right. And Adam gave names to the, all the cattle. All the cattle? All the cattle. Okay. He did, and in other words, he said, he didn't just go cow, he went water buffalo. He went bull. He went young cow, calf, heifer, steer. He went, we, how much do you know? He named all the cow, all the fowl of the air. Come on. And, and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an helpmeet for him. So in other words, not only did not only did the bull come, but the heifer came, the male and the female of every species. And by the end of the day, Adam was like, uh, Lord, this is getting tiresome. Lord, uh, I thought you were bringing me a helpmate. I thought you were bringing me a helpmate. Keep going. And the Lord God caused a, a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he, or, made he a woman and brought her unto the man. So women uh, were formed out of, the, out of the rib of Adam. So though women are very similar to men, were not the same as men. Uh, we're not the same genetically. We're not the same physiology. We don't have the same physiology. We don't have. We don't think the same. We don't act the same. We don't behave the same. Why? Because we were created for a different purpose. Men were created to be the head. Men were created to be the protectors. Men were created 
to uh, be the ones of physical stature to be able to forge uh, the land and what have you. Um, really, at this point, now this is amazing. If you stop and think about this, at this point, Adam didn't have to forge the land because there was no cor there was no curse in the land. All he had to do was dress it and keep it. In other words, all he had to do, all man had, all from the beginning, Adam was created to have authority and dominion. God is the God of order. If man, the male of the species, is supposed to be the one with the highest authority, why would God create a woman to also have a, why would God create women to have a competing authority over men? He wouldn't. Women have just as much spiritual authority as men, but from a natural standpoint, Men have higher authority than women. Uh, well, what are you talking about? Well, let's go to the next chapter. We're going to skip ahead a little bit uh, because go to chapter 3. Mm -hmm. um, now let's read this first. Let's read these first six verses in chapter 3. Now I the, want you to see this. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye have God... Uh, yea, yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the, of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat it, eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, did God say that? Nope. No. He said, Don't eat of it. He didn't say anything about don't touch it. Plus, you know, women, we overthink and we tend to exaggerate. Personality. It, 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 come on. It's personality traits. We tend, to, we tend to add to things. Why? Because we see a broader spectrum. We see a broader, you know, there's that saying, you know, women have 64 crowns in their box, men have eight. Well, that's fine and wonderful, but those 64 crowns, those 64 colors, get us women into trouble. And I'm not dishing on us women. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination. But we've got to get things back into biblical order. We've got to get our society back into biblical order. And how are you going to get society back into biblical order? You've got to get it back into biblical order in the church first. In the church first. I've been, I've, I've, I've dealt with women in the church. I've dealt with especially young women coming up that are fed all of this feminine, 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 feminine. Hush, shut up. Get in line with the Bible. The men, are, we, we need to respect our men. We need to honor our men. We need to recognize that, yes, though us women can get out there and work a field and work a garden, change tires, fight fires and do all of this, we need to be smart enough to recognize that the man's physical body is more uh, apt or more formed for that type of work. Just because I can do it doesn't mean that I do it as effectively as men. Why? Because they were created for that type of work by God. So, but here, the, the serpent... He didn't go to man. He went to the woman. 
Why? Because women are more about reasoning. I believe if the serpent had gone to Adam and said, Adam, uh, didn't God say this? Adam would have said, no, that's not what he said. How do I believe that? Because I've been married for 30 plus years. And I assure you, men and women can have the same exact conversation and hear two very different things. We hear two very different things. And I have learned through my experience that I don't always hear it exactly correctly. Why? Because my brain reads between the lines. Men's brains do not read between the lines. They don't, for the most part. Not saying that men can't see between the lines because they're very gifted at it. But they will come at it from a different direction. So he went to him and he said, so she said, oh, no, we can't even touch the tree. Well, guess what the serpent likely did? He likely backed her into the tree and said, see, you're not dead, and got her to eat. But keep going. And, all right, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the, women, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now Adam was there, because it says she took of the tree, she ate it, she handed it to Adam, and he ate. So he was there. Why did he not stand in his dominion? Oh, my goodness. Because, ladies, men have a heart for us women. And they want to basically, they want to, they want to make us happy. They want to please us. And he said, well, she wants it, and I don't want to get in an argument today. And, you know, go ahead. I mean, I don't think, okay. Because he's thinking she's going to hand me that thing and go, here, eat it. And he's going to be like, well, I really don't want to eat it. Okay. They have a weak spot. Satan knows the weak spot of men. And the weak spot of men is to have the heart of God, the heart of love toward women. And he uses it against them. And he's used it against them for decades. For thousands of years, he's used this heart of men. Now, something very interesting has happened over time. Uh, something, somehow it's gotten into the mentality that men are hard and men are stiff and men are uh, immovable and different things like that. And kind of just men have kind of gotten rough. And, I, and a lot of that, I think, comes from poor teaching in the church, to be honest. And I think part of that has come um, through the generations of the world where men did have to be tough, uh, where men did have to. Uh, it was very commonplace that the men would go off to war. See, in, in society today, our society today is very different than societies for thousands of years. For thousands of years, men had to be very tough and very rigid and very hard. Um, and why? Because they were in hand-to-hand -hand combat. They were in battlefield situations. They were conquering a cursed world, so to speak. Meanwhile, the women were back at home. 
And the women were also doing very tough jobs. The women were farming the land because why? The men were gone. The women were taking care of the households that didn't have all of this electronic everything that does everything for you. The women were not simply going to the store and picking out nice things. They were actually making clothes uh, and, and learning all of these and had all these trades. So women worked very hard physically to maintain the home. So when the men came home, they had something to come home to to rest and relax their bodies. And then the men were so thankful and so gracious that they had something wonderful to come home to that they, they treated their wives well, not to mention their wives were able to take them on because <laughs> they had been working hard. So we've, we've gotten into a society now where everything is very cushy and everything is very laid back. And honestly, that need to, to domain has gotten, um, we're, we're really not challenged in it. We're really, we don't really work at, it's not really the work that it once was. I want you to go to, so jump over here, chapter 3. I want you to jump down uh, to verse um, goes through here in this chapter and basically God calls out uh, basically uh, they eat the fruit they feel it they realize that they're now naked they've been cut off from God they hide themselves God asked who told you you were naked um, and Adam says uh, it was the woman that you gave me she blamed she he blames her she blames the snake the snake the snake doesn't have anybody to blame and uh, so we get down here and look at um, verse 13. Let's pick up right here in verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. So here she is blaming the serpent. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field, and upon thy belly shalt thou go. And dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Now notice God didn't ask the serpent why he did it. You notice that? He asked, he asked Adam why Adam did it. And he asked the woman why the woman did it. But he didn't ask the serpent. Why did he not ask the serpent? One, the serpent didn't have a partner. But more importantly, the, he already knows the character behind the serpent. He knew the serpent. Uh, let's read, we're going to finish this real quick, and then we're going to jump to Jude. All right. Uh, continue on. Yeah. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Now isn't that interesting? Look at what he says in verse 17. He says, Because thou hast hearkened to the voice of the wife. Was the problem... Does this mean that men are not supposed to listen to women at all? 
No, because the women were created to be the helpmate to the men. The problem was, the, was Adam put his wife in front of God. That's where the sin was, was Adam put his wife in front of what God said. When she handed Adam that apple, or when she went to take that apple, he should have, men, you have a responsibility to stand up in your family, and you have to say, we are not going to do the way of the devil. We are going to go the way of God. That is a responsibility of men. But men have been told to close their mouth by other men. You are failing. Now, I want to encourage you. Your fail, men are failing, and men have failed to stand up for God. And because men have failed their responsibility, they've allowed us women, who are more easily influenced by Satan, to take the lead. And that's a problem. Well, let me just address this. Well, you're a woman, and you're standing in the pulpit, and your husband's standing behind you. That's not what we're talking about. He's there. It, we're, we're doing this together. We're here doing this together. Number one. Number two, he recognizes the gift in me to teach. I recognize the gift in him to hear from the Holy Ghost in the instant of the moment of time to fill in the gaps in the teachings. So this is a partnership. At the end of the day, he has total say. At the end of the day, if he says, no, we're not doing that, well, I might get my feathers ruffled, but as long as he heard me, my feathers will get all calmed down eventually. Why? Because I recognize my husband as my head. I recognize that. Now, did I always? No. No, not at all. But I've learned to get in line with God. But he know, But notice what he said. He said, Adam, you hearkened unto the voice of the flesh, the flesh, the voice of your wife, and therefore, and therefore, he said, you listened to the, heart, to the voice of the wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Because Adam did not hold dominion over his wife, over the flesh, over the serpent, even the ground of the earth is cursed. Cursed. That's why it produces poisonous food. That's why it produces thorns and thistles. That's why the earth has some of the issues it has. He says, uh, thou shalt not eat of it, uh, for if you ate, you shouldn't have. In sorrow, thou shalt eat of it all the days of your life. That word sorrow means in physical pains or physical work or physical, there'll be, there'll be physical work applied labor. or physical labor. Notice that in verse 16, that, the way, that all of a sudden, Eve, now he's going to mess with you. He's going to mess with you in verse 16. Notice all of a sudden, Eve is going to have labor and pain in childbearing. 
Well, if she had never had any children in the garden, why would that be a curse? Think about it. Think about it. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us that there were children born in the Bible, that there were children born in the garden, but was not the first commandment of God that thou shalt multiply? And he said unto the woman, I will greatly multiply your sorrow, your labor, and your conception. Sorrow uh, thou shalt bring forth through, uh, in through um, children, bring forth children. In other words, in labor, you're going, is you're going to have to labor, you're going to have to have pain, you're going to have, when, when you birth children. Up until this point, that was not a problem. Up until this point, conception was not an issue. You want to know why we're dealing with so much infertility today? Because the curse has just grown and grown and grown. Um, and now look at this. And the desire shall be to what? Thy husband. This is why young ladies desire a husband. God put it in them from the beginning. From the beginning. Now, does that mean that every woman has to get married? No. Does that mean that every man has to get married? No. In fact, Paul said under the unction of the Holy Ghost, it's better if you can keep your, if you can keep your physical flesh under control, if you can keep your sexual desires under control, it's better if you don't ever get married. That way you can commit all of your time to God. And how much you know when you get married, your attention is divided. Because you've now got to take care of the husband and this wife. Uh, the husband's got to take care of the wife. The wife has to take care of the husband. They both have to take care of the children. Your attention is divided. But notice, and he said, and he shall do what? Rule over. Does it say that all men rule over all women? No. This is talking about husband and wife. Because we didn't read it, but they had been married. God performed his marriage ceremony. So men have a responsibility that when they become husbands, they're to rule. Okay? Uh, but they're to rule like Jesus did. Now I want you to go to Jude chapter 1, because I am encouraging you men, because I want you to see and understand what you're up against. Us women, we've got to look, we've got to learn what our men are up against. You know, uh, the Bible tells us that we wrestle, wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wickedness in high places. What we're up against is demonic forces. That's what we're up against. Demons have got people coming against our men to get our men to stop having dominion. I want our men to leave out of here today knowing you have a dominion, you have authority, you have power, you have a responsibility to take your place as a royal priesthood. You have a job to do, men. Let's read in Jude. Uh, let's just let's just read. Let's just pick up right here in Jude one and just read. All right, <coughs> Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. 
it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Men, here's your responsibility. Your men, your responsibility is to earnestly, that means with due diligence, that means with everything in your heart, you are to contend. Or fight. Or fight. You are supposed, there's, there's meant to, listen ladies, there's a fight that was put in our men by God. They're supposed to have a, an unction to get out there and contend and to fight and to stand up for something. What are they supposed to contend for? The faith. For the faith. What faith? The faith that was once delivered unto the saints. It's the men's responsibility to fight and to contend for the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. It's the men that are supposed to stand up in the household and say, No, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's the men that are supposed to say, uh, Yeah, sports are great, but no, not before the house of the Lord. Amen. It's the coaches that need to get out there in these school board meetings, and they need to say, Our team will serve the Lord. I will not keep my students out of church. I will make sure that my students have the ability to go to church. I won't, I won't, I, I can't go into their household and demand that they go to church, but I can make sure that their schedule is cleared so that they can go. They need to do this. The men need to be the ones to stand up and say, uh, we're going to pray at our meals. The men need to stand up and say, hey, we're going to go on with God. Listen, men do not need to be putting on dresses and wearing makeup and acting like girls. That is demons affecting them. Amen. And us women need to stand up for our men and pray for them. These women that are like, oh, honey, come on, go get a manicure and a pedicure with me. Let your man be a man. Let him have rough hands. Let him have rough feet. You want him to get a pedicure, do it in the privacy of your own home, and show him that you love him. Show him that you love him. Show him that you appreciate how hard he works. Show him that you appreciate him. Come on, contend for the faith. Now, here's the deal, men. You don't have to be rough and mean about it. You don't have to be gruff about it. You don't have to be rough about it. If you'll love your wives and your children like God loves you, they'll submit to you freely and willingly. Let's keep reading. Where are we at? Verse 4. Okay. For there are certain men crept uh, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? Yes, amongst our male population, there are men out there that have turned against God. There are men out there that have turned to lasciviousness and all manner of sexual immorality. And they've, and they've, and they've sexualized women and they've done all of this. But where are the righteous men to stand up and say, no, we're not going to do this. Listen, Michael was a firefighter for years, and it's a boys' club out there. And 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 he just he I, there were plenty of days he'd come home, and I'd say, "Honey, how are things?" And he said, "Man, 
he said, I just couldn't be around those guys today. And I said, what's going on? He said they were talking down about their wives. They were talking about women. They were doing this. They were doing that. He said, he said, I just, he said, I can't be around that nonsense. He said, we're just not going to do that. And over time, because he took a stand, because that's what these men, and I'm not degrading these men at all. We love these men. We have nothing but the greatest love for our firefighters and the men that have taken care of our community and our force. We love them greatly. But here's the deal. They were taught and trained by loose men, by men like this, men who have crept on unawares and taught our young men to act crazy when the women weren't around. But Michael stood up and said, I'm not going to talk about my wife. I don't want to be around you when you talk about your wife. And I definitely don't want to talk about all this nasty stuff. You're talking about sexual stuff. So he set a standard. And over time, guess what? The mentality of the men changed. They got to where they didn't talk around him like that. They got to where they said where where uh, they started acting right, behaving right. Men, you've got a responsibility when these other people start acting this way to stand up and say, "That's not how you behave. That's not how you behave." But there's a reason that this happened. The reason that this happened is because of demons, principalities, and powers got into the thinking of men, and men embraced that thinking, and they created uh, and they trained other men to think this way. Let's keep reading. Verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Remember that? He put them in remembrance. He said, the Lord moved the Israelites out of Egypt, and then these people were so corrupted in their thinking that, remember, they went on. He said, he was trying to be real polite, and he said, remember, they went right back to pagan worship. They went right back to filthy worship. And God said, well, if you don't want to change, if you don't want to get right, if you don't want to live right, then you can die right here in the desert, and they did. But, but look at this. This next verse is really a key verse here. Verse 6, And the angels which kept not their, fate, their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chain, chains under darkness into the judgment of the great day. Look at this. It says, The angels which kept not their first what? Estate. Estate. Do you not know that a third of the angels gave up heaven? Because they tried to be something that they weren't. The angels gave up heaven because they wanted to exalt themselves. They wanted to have a rule and a dominion. Listen, the angels, the angels once had regions and areas that they ruled over. The angels of God once had, had estates that they were given by the hand of God to rule and to reign over, and they said, mm, we can do better than what God's given us. So they rebelled against God. Many believe, I tend to lean this way, uh, that the angels, uh, that the fallen angels, the ones that rebelled are the demons of today, principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. I tend to believe that way. Uh, and it says right here 
it says that the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own what habitation left the place that God created for them they left it and now God has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness into the judgment of the great day they have been reserved they're held in chains spiritual chains uh, until judgment day the angels these angels are now these angels messengers that, that were once messengers of God are now messengers of Satan they're getting into the minds of men and they're trying to get men to leave your they're trying to get our men to leave their first estate they're trying to get our men to lay down their authority they're trying to get you to lay down your dominion. They're trying to get you to lay down your power and your might given to you by God. They're trying to get our men to do exactly what they did. They're trying to get you into a position where you can, where you will be under judgment on the judgment day. But, oh, thank God, God sent Jesus to prevent this. Oh, thank God. Let's read just a little bit more here in Jude. All right. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Notice it said, he's, now he's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. And notice it says they went after strange flesh. In other words, the issue in Sodom and Gomorrah was the men were trying to become like women and the women were trying to become like men. What's happening in our nation today is no different than what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's no different. The problem with Sodom and Gomorrah is there was not a single man, not even Lot, not even Abraham's nephew, there was not a single man that stood up and said, I'm taking our dominion. I'm taking my God-given authority. I'm taking my God-given power. Now, let me be very clear, men. I'm not telling you to go get the guns and the arrows and the bullets and all that. I'm not telling you to go fight your way through this. No, because our problem is not flesh and blood. Our problem is devils and demons. Principalities and powers. And principalities and powers. And they're keeping our mouth shut, men and women, Listen, when a gentleman holds the door open for me, I get a little excited. And I, 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 I quickly get there because I don't want to waste their time, but I'll quickly get there and I'll give them a smile and I'll tell them, thank you. Because I greatly appreciate that they're honoring me as the weaker vessel. Because truth be told, I'm not as physically able as they are. God did create me as a weaker vessel, not a weak vessel a weaker vessel so i appreciate it when the men open the door for me i appreciate it when a man wants when my husband wants to pay the bills for me i appreciate it when he takes the trash out for me can i do it yes do i like to no is it easier for him surely he carries the bag he picks it up the bag's off the ground i pick up the bag and it scrapes the ground i'm shorter He's taller. You wouldn't think four or five inches makes a difference, but it does. And I appreciate it. I appreciate that he can get out there and manhandle the stuff in the yard and 
make it look like it's easy. You notice they don't call it woman handling it. We're out there. No, man, get out there, grab it, pick it up, and move. And I'm like, wow, God, that was easy. But women will get all mad about it. Listen, they're created for that. They're created for that. Women, quit trying to eat. Women, quit trying to polish your man's fingernails. Stop it. Yes, you want their hands to look good. I understand that. Give them a good bar of soap. Give them a nail brush. It'll be all right. Oh, boy. Give them a good, listen, give them good toenail clippers. Like you young ladies, you don't know this yet, but as you get older, your toenails get thick and hard, and men's are really bad. Those things will shoot across the living room like... <laughs> They'll shoot across the living room like a bullet. Take your eye out if you're not careful. <laughs> so make sure you give them some good toenail clippers. Well, at least we started off the day right. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're, they're built a little tougher than we are, and it's okay. Oh, my goodness. Let's read verse 8. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, boy. Oh, <coughs> Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Look at what it said. These evil men despise dominion. In other words, they despise authority. Despise authority. Listen, men, don't despise authority. You were given it from God. Women, the men were given authority from God. Women, you were also given authority from God. But here's the deal. God is a God of order, and there is an order to authority and dominion. Now, when you get in a husband and wife relationship, it should honestly look like the father and the son. The wife should, should be, be able to say what the husband says. She should be able to speak for her husband. But that's only if the husband's following God. That's only if the husband is following God. Women, you have a responsibility to not surrender your dominion and your authority to an ungodly man. Did you hear me? Let me say it again. Women, you have, an, uh, you, you have a responsibility to not uh, release your authority and your dominion to ungodly men. This is why, women, you need to be very patient about finding a godly husband. Women, don't just say, oh, I just need a man. No, you don't need a man. You need a godly man. Amen. And if you can't find a godly man, then let Jesus be that godly man for you. For you. Look at that. It says they despise dominion. dominion. They despise authority. If you have a man in your life, that despises authority, they are being influenced by devils and demons. Because devils and demons rebel against authority. Godly people submit to authority. I was talking to a, to a young man some weeks ago, and I told him, I said, listen, I said, uh, the Lord told me to come deal with you. And I said, and I told the Lord, I will not go deal with that person because I am not their pastor, and they have a pastor that they're submitted to. And the Lord told me this. The Lord said, yes, 
but they're not submitting to their to their pastor because their pastor is their relative. He said, so therefore I'm sending you. And I said, but Lord, I'm not going to I'm not going to jump authority. Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I have fluence in their life. Yes, there's a spiritual connection, but I'm not pastor. So God heard my argument, and he put me in convenient connection with the pastors. And his pastor looked at me and said, have you talked to so-and-so lately? And I said, no, sir. And he said, I sure wish you would. What was he doing? He was handing me his authority. Then his wife, because they co-pastored together, we were talking, and I said to her, I said, the Lord's been dealing with me. I said, but I'm not going to come in because I'm not the pastor, and I'm not going to override authority. And she said, no, you have permission. What did she do? She handed her authority over. So then I had permission to go, debunked my whole argument with God. Then I had to choose to get obedient and go. But here's the deal. God is a God of order. And you men are the head of the dominion of your household. Amen. You have dominion over your household. You have the authority to cast Satan out of your house. You have authority to bind Satan off of your spouse and off of your children and off of your near relatives. You have authority in, uh, in and through Christ. Now, it goes on down through here. Let's read verse 9. Verse 9 has always caught me very interesting. I've, I've never completely understood verse 9, but I got it today, this morning. Okay. Verse 9. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation. Do you know so that he when dared not bring uh, against him a railing accusation. Do you know that when Moses died, apparently Satan tried to take him? That's what it said. It said Michael disputed with Satan over Moses' body. Why? Because Moses lived in the day before Jesus with repentance, and there were times that Moses had sinned against God. So Satan was trying to take him. And <laughs> And, the, and Michael, the angel of God, said, uh, I'm not getting in this argument with you. He belongs to God. So Michael, the, imagine, Michael's the archangel, the, 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 the big guy yeah. with the big flaming sword. Yeah. And he's like, well, can't really get in a big fight with him over this. Cause, yeah. like, so he can't bring a, a railing accusation. I mean, he can't just hack him down and say, nope, you're not getting him. No. But instead he says, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. He just, what did Michael do? Michael, the archangel of God, said what God said. Men, you have the right, the authority, the power, the dominion to say what God says. You have the right and authority. I don't care what the government says. You have, the, you have a godly responsibility to stand with and for God. Amen. And to know that all of heaven is going to back you up because that dominion, authority, and power was given to you back there in the garden. So when these people come to you and tell you, well, who are you? I am the son of the living God. I have the authority of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth backs me up as long as I stay with the word. And so, you men, so our men do not need to be backed down. They don't need to be pushed down. They don't need to rail back. 
on things. Now that doesn't, again, don't go, don't leave out of here and say, Pastor said I could get my guns. Pastor said I could get my rocket launchers. I did not say that. I'm telling you to stand in your spiritual dominion, power, and authority. That's what I'm telling you to do. Let's keep reading. All right. Verse 10. But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts. In those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they can have none of the way of Cain, or for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam, for, for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Cori. These are spots in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried without about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Basically what Judah's saying is these men that are corrupt, these men that are lascivious, these men that are fornicators and adulterers and cussers and partiers, and these men that are railing against God, Jude said they've already been cut off. They've already been cut off. In other words, don't let these that are twice dead, they're going to die physically, they're going to die spiritually, don't let them rob you of what belongs to you. Men, don't, don't look to these, don't look. I, I, I want our Christian men... Stop looking at the men of the world and trying to look like them, act like them, and be like them. Those men are twice dead. No, you need to start looking, acting, and behaving like Jesus. You need to start praying in the Holy Ghost often. You need to be led by your spirit. When some, It's perfectly fine. When somebody starts talking to you about all this nonsense that's going on in the world, it's perfectly fine for you to say your opinion as long as your opinion agrees with God. Don't do it hastily. Let me tell you something. The devil is trying to take our nation into a civil war. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get our godly men riled up in the flesh, and he's trying to get you to respond out of the flesh. No, you need to watch what you say because you have what you create, and you need to begin to speak with your spiritual authority, and you need to begin to command these demons to release and let go your family members. You need to begin to command them to release and let go your nation. You need to begin to declare that this nation serves God once again. We need our, um, honestly, truthfully, we need our old military men to stand up once again in that military honor and that military respect, and they need to take back our land but you got to start your battle in the spirit. Mm. I'm not telling you to go to war. I'm not telling you to get out your AKs and your bayonets and all that. I'm not telling you to do that. What I'm telling you to do is you've got to stand up and you've got to recognize what we're up against is devils and demons. But you've also got to stand up in the natural. Well, Pastor, what do I need to do in the natural? Stand up and be a righteous man. Be a man that's not afraid to say, I go to church. I'm a man that needs Jesus. Be, a, be brave enough to say to these men around you, listen, you're lost, you're dying, you're going to hell, but I know one that can revive you back to life. 
You've got our men have got to learn to stand together. Our older men have got to teach our younger men how to be men because right now they're being taught by television. Right now they're being taught by the internet. Right now they're being taught by these lascivious men about what they think a man is. A man is not a man that goes out and gets drunk, gets high, and and uses and abuses women and children. That's not a man. A man is a man that will stand up, work hard, and ha- live clean for God. That's what a man is. And uh, that's what he's telling He said, listen, he said, don't let these other, these fruity, flaky, pulpwood men, punkwood men, uh, describe, to, don't let that be the definition of who you are. Don't let that be the definition. Let's keep going. Verse uh, 13. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out, out their shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh when ten thousand when ten thousands with, 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 with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Let me make it clear. They're going to have their day. These ungodly men, these ungodly women, their day is coming. That's what even Enoch said. He said, the Lord, their day is coming. Don't worry about them. Don't fight against them. Don't contend with them. Their day is coming. Let's keep going. Because there's good news. Jude's got some good news in here. I promise he does. These are murmurers, complainers, walking about or walking after their own lust, and their own and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. How much do you know? You got men around here whining and crying all the time, murmuring and complaining. I ain't got no money. I ain't got nothing. If I didn't have no, if I didn't have a hard time, I'd have no time at all. And all of these silly things. Listen, you. They need you, Christian men, to stand up and tell them, Sons, you need Jesus. Sons, you need Jesus. That's what you need. You need to get right. Listen, that booze you're relying on to deal with your heartaches and your pains, that's nothing but a counterfeit that's going to take you to hell. Let Jesus heal your heart. Let Jesus fix your pains. Let Jesus handle it. Let Jesus come in. Yes, you were mistreated. We get that. But come on, it's time to quit fussing. It's time to stand up. It's time to be a man. It's time to take our place. Listen, we need our men to take their place. But they're, but, but honestly, at every turn, I see it. I see it. I feel so bad for my husband. At every turn, it's like, oh, you're a white Christian man. Forget white, even. Oh, you're a Christian man? Slap. I mean, seriously, stop it. You're a man. Down with you. No. Ladies, we need to lift our men up. We need to encourage them. We need to help them to stand in their authority. We need to encourage them to stand in their authority. We need to encourage them to stand in their might. We need to encourage them. That's what we were created to do was to come alongside of them and say, I know it's hard. I see what you're going through. But come on. God's on your side. God's got this. Come on, ladies. Let's, let's help our men. And, you know, if you're married, you got a good man in your life, say, come on. 
maybe you, maybe maybe some of our single men, maybe us ladies need to say, hey, go spend some time in your prayer closet. Go get along with God. Go go spend some time with God. Get built up. Get encouraged. That yard can wait another day to be mowed. So ain't nobody going to come down on you because your grass has gotten three inches high instead of two inches high. It's okay. The, o, the, the HOA will just have to cry for a day. It'll be okay. Listen, our men have laid down their authority on their own property, letting crazy boards with crazy people with crazy ideas telling them what they can and can't do with their property. I get so mad at these people that have moved into our community, and they get mad because they go, well, who would allow them to put such and such on their property? It's their property. When you bought unregistered, when you bought unzoned property, it meant your neighbor could do anything they wanted to next to you. And if you don't like it, move. If you don't like it, too bad. The property is unzoned. That means that there's no restrictions. If they want to move a trailer on there, they can move a trailer on there. If they want to put 60 car, junk cars on there, they can put 60 junk cars on there. If they want to move in a whole bunch of making noise donkeys, let them bring on a whole bunch of making noise donkeys. Let them bay all night long. That's their property. It's their choice. If they like it, then that's them. You shouldn't have moved in next to that farm if you didn't want to hear farm animals. Come on, you move to the country. Well, why do they put all these lights up? Well, I agree. I don't like it, but it's their property. Get you some fun. Come on. Don't. Uh, anyways, come on, verse 17. <laughs> uh, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that word's right there. You need to mark that in your Bible because that's spirit-spoken rhema words. He said, Beloved, I know it looks rough out there. He said, Men, I know it looks rough out there. He said, Men, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of goofiness going on around you right now. He said, But let's do this. He said, Remember the spirit spoken words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus. Don't forget the spirit spoken words. Don't forget what the Lord has told you. Don't forget that Jesus has set you free. Don't forget that God's given you authority. Don't forget that God has healed you. Don't forget that God said, I'm coming back. I'm going to call my church away. Don't forget those spirit-spoken words. The things that the Lord has spoken to you about what he's going to do for you in your life, don't forget it. Don't release it. Don't let it go. I'm telling you what, uh, you know, we're coming up on our fourth anniversary, and we cast out demons right off the bat. Our first, uh, we confronted one that first Sunday. We cast out a whole bunch that second, that first Wednesday. A year later, we cast out more demons. And I came under such spiritual attack that when uh, it talked, when, when anybody talked about, or when they, even when the Lord would have me preach on casting out demons, on the inside, I just cringed. Oh, I just cringed. Why? Because of the force of demons that came against me. And I just cringed about it. No, oh, I just struggled with it. And Brother Randy's been helping me through it. And, you know, I think, okay, I'm good. I got it. And then that cringe, that weight would come back on. And then, you know, I talked to him a while back, and I thought, okay, I got this. The Lord showed me some things. The Lord spoke some things to my heart. The Lord said, listen. The Lord finally got real with me. He said, listen, 
Casey, yeah, they can bring pressure. Yeah, they can bring uh, fearful thoughts. Yeah, they can do this. He said, but I'm bigger, and I'm with you, and I'm never going to leave you. And he said, next time you cast one out, he said, not only command it to go, but tell it that it has no right to come against you or attack you. He said, use your authority. And I thought, oh, man, that's wonderful. So we went to the meeting this week, and, and I came under a massive physical attack Monday night, couldn't, or Tuesday night, mon, yeah, Monday night, couldn't even make it to service Tuesday night. Um, Mom had to go do the setup for me. I came under such physical attack in my stomach. And, um, and you know, and I texted, and I said, I'm so sorry. And Brother Randy, Miss Patty were so sweet. And they said, rest, rest, make sure she rests, get rest. And I did. By Wednesday, I was fantastic again. Well, thank God, it was a medicine interaction is what it was. And, uh, but it was a severe attack. And, and I thought, man, what is going on? I mean, the church has been attacked. Now I'm being attacked. You know, Michael's homesick being attacked. This is ridiculous. And the Lord said, camp. And I went, oh, yeah, that's right, duh. Um, but we got to service, and Brother Randy, so when I went to service, Brother Randy uh, preached on casting out devils and demons. He preached on our authority. He preached on, you know, we've got, he said, it's real simple. He said, the answer is real simple. Authority, uh, dominion, command. Authority, power, command. That's what you got to do. And, man, when he was preaching that, normally for the last two years, I'm, like, cringing. I'm, like, like hiding in my seat, and I'm, like, please don't talk about this, and I don't want to hear about that there's going to be a revival of casting out demons, and I don't want to hear all this because I don't want to be involved in that, and I know that's part of my call, and just, ugh. But when he preached it this time, because I stayed with God, because I didn't forget what God has said to me in times of old, this time I am so pleased to announce that not only did I not cringe, but I actually sat in my seat, and I was tall, and I was excited, and I was like, yes, and amen, and I'm like pulling the sermon out of them, and I even texted them, and I said, I'm so pleased to report that I did not, not only did I not cringe, but I actually had a little bit of that spirit of faith that when you're dealing with demons, there's a spirit of faith that comes on you, and I said that spirit of faith fire was like actually even in my spirit, and I was so, I said, there's just a little bit of excitement in me, and I thought, oh, wow, God, that's good. You know, why? Because we can't forget what God has spoken to our hearts. Don't forget, men, what God has spoken to your heart. Remember what God has said to you in your prayer closet. Remember how he told Pastor Michael, you know, he, he's lined on that forever and ever. He told Pastor Michael years ago when he was a teenager, because Pastor Mike said, God, I want to follow you. I don't know what to do. He said, Perfect, get up every day, purpose in your heart, you follow me. And Michael, and Michael just holds on to that, and he's always held on to that. Even when we weren't living for God, that just ministered to Michael and brought us back home. So don't forget what God has placed in your heart. Even us ladies, ladies, don't forget. I know I'm talking to the men a lot today. It's Father's Day, and honestly, our men have been under such severe attack for so many years. They need to be encouraged. But even us ladies, we need to be encouraged. And honestly, as our men take our take their position, that's going to encourage us ladies. Because honestly, uh, it's largely ladies that are taking care of things in churches. And it has been that way for a decade. I know many, many pastors, the majority of their congregation is ladies. Well, it's time for the churches to fill up with the men. It's time for the men to take their place. Let's read just a little bit more. 
Because then he tells us one thing that we can do to keep ourselves in remembrance. Right. He tells us one thing that we can do to keep ourselves stirred up. All right, we'll start in 17. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they that told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. How much you know? We're seeing that today. Like, no, to, I mean, we are seeing that. Oh, my goodness. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his, whole, of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, and dominion, and power, both now and forever. We sang Jude Benediction. They had no idea we wouldn't even talk about Jude today. That's what that song is about. That song is about reminding yourself that God, his power, his authority, his might, his dominion is with you. And it's going to carry you through everything that you're going to face. Listen, it was the power of God that brought you home out of Vietnam. It was the power of God that brought you home out of Korea. It's the power of God that brought you home out of Desert Shield and Desert Storm in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's the power of God that sustains you in those times. And it's the same power of God that sustains our nation today. But we've got to, those that are called by God, those that have received the call, we've got to live clean. We've got to live pure. And our men have got to be a living example. Uh, you know, we've got Psalm, uh, Proverbs 31, which is the women's chapter. You know, you can read Proverbs 31. And I said, Lord, there's got to be a chapter in the Bible kind of like Proverbs 31 for the men. But, Lord, I don't know if no man ever brings it up. I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. The Lord brought me to this scripture. And I, as I read it, I thought, yeah, Lord, this is a good one. 1 Peter chapter 2. You got more breath in you? You want me to read? I'm all right. All right. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's read. From the beginning? From the beginning. <laughs> Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow where thereby. Come on, men. Let's lay aside all malice. That's your tempers. Lay aside all guile, getting mad, getting all... You know, this person did this and this person did that. Laying, laying down all hypocrisy, hypocrisies. That's saying one thing and doing another. Come on, men. Let's start being men of our word. Uh, and Indians, stop looking at what the men around you have and start being glad for what the Lord God's given on to you. Come on. Ladies, too. Hey, hang Ladies on. Ladies, too. So, the Lord's telling us that we, we shouldn't, the world will tell you that, that the, 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 the great men or the men of power, the men that, that, that are um, 
thugs, basically. <laughs> Come on. Okay? But uh, the Bible in, in Jude tells us exactly what's going to happen to those thugs. Right. Come on. It says, but these speak evil of those things which they know not, but w what they know naturally as brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Baal for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Cori. These are spots in your feasts of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried without, uh, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming about their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. See, the world would tell you that you should be like the thugs because they're men of power. But the Bible says they're already cut off. They're twice cut off. Twice cut off, and they will not inherit the kingdom. He talks about that clouds without water. When he read that that second time, I saw it so clearly. Have you ever had ever been in a dry? It's dry, and you need rain, and the clouds come in, and you go, "Oh, here come the clouds! Oh, thank God, it's going to rain!" And then the clouds never drop their water. You know how devastating that is. You know, you're like, because you know your crops need it. That's what these men are like. And then, then later on in the, in the in here, it tells you, but beloved, remember ye the words which are spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they that told you there should be mockers in the last time. That's them thugs. That's the that's the that's the media. That's that's Hollywood. That's that's our world. They're mocking us, and they're telling us, see, y'all are messing up. But no, they they're walking after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for that fresh anointing. Thank you, Father. Uh, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercies of, of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion. Listen, men, there's going to be some out there that you have to have compassion on. It's not, ungod it's not ungodly or unmanly to show compassion. You're going to reach people through your compassion. It won't make a difference. A lack of compassion is honestly what's caused so many men to hurt so badly. So you, it's perfectly godly. Godly says, God says you're going to reach somebody through your compassion. I know some of the biggest day when I'm when I'm at my weakest, my husband shows me his compassion, and I am like, that just strengthens me, builds me up. You men need the same thing. He says of ha of some having compassion, making the difference. Your compassion will make the difference, and of others, save with fear. He said there's going to be some men you're going to have to save them by just putting the fear of hell in them. There, I mean, honestly, there are some people that the only way they're going to get saved is they've got to come to the understanding that they are headed to hell unless they receive Jesus. Amen. Um, he says, uh, pulling them out of the fire. In other words, he's telling them they're headed for the fire. 
Steve was one of them. He's told Michael and I multiple times. He said, listen, he said, I was headed for the fire of hell. I, Satan had a huge check mark next to my name. I know I was headed. He said, but you, he said, but Pastor Mike and Pastor Robbie, he said, the preaching of your word reached down and snatched me out of that fire. Sometimes you've got to be bold. Sometimes you've got to be sharp. Sometimes you've got to be rough. And sometimes you've got to be tough. But there's also times that you've got to be compassionate men. You've got to find the balance. And that's hard because several of our men, most of our men have been taught you've got to be hard, hard, hard. No, you also have to know when to let you, the love of God flow in you and out of you. You've got to know when to do this. He said, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Listen, in other words, you might hate that thug. You might hate everything about how they behave. You might hate everything about how they, about how they live. You might hate everything about how they talk. But that's nothing more than an outward shell. You've got to get to the spirit. You've got to love the spirit. You've got to love the spirit. Yeah, maybe they're an alcoholic. Yeah, maybe they're a druggie. But how much do you know? That's just the outside shell. That's not the person on the inside. Aren't you so glad when you were lost in sin, God looked past your shell, past your spotted garment? Aren't you glad? Glory to God. Well, you can, you can look at these, these tough men, the men, these men that are ruling the world, basically, and you can, you can envy them. You could. But don't, because no. they've already got their reward. That's right. We're going to get our reward. That's right. They've already got their reward. This, their reward is that their reward, they're experiencing it right now. And when their life is over, it's done. Their reward it. is gone. That's it. Let's jump back to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Come on, men, get into the Word, desire the Word, let the Word begin to work on you, let it begin to grow you, let it begin to change you into the men of power, authority, and dominion that you were created to have. Verse 3, if so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have you not tasted the graciousness of the Lord? Of course you have. He saved you after all. To whom coming as onto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Just like Jesus was disallowed, our men have been disallowed. Just the same. What you're dealing with right now, Jesus has tasted it for you. When he was, when he was, uh, when he was being persecuted, when the hair of his beard was being pulled out, when his face was being spit in, when he was being beaten and hit and slapped, when that crown of thorns was put on him, he was being disallowed just like our men are today. So you do not have a God that cannot relate to you. You have a God that can, be, that can relate to you. Oh, thank God. Uh, verse 5. Verse 5. All right. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. This is who our men are supposed to be, lively stones that are built up a spiritual house. You've got to be built up spiritually, a royal, a holy priesthood. Our men are holy priests of God. Isn't that wonderful, ladies? Our men are holy unto God, and they're a priest. 
That means that they represent and they speak to God, speak for God on our, on, on, to us. They speak of, to God. They speak on God's behalf into our lives and into the lives of our children. Isn't that wonderful? And into our grandchildren. We need these men. Well, my dad's not a godly man. Well, then grab a hold and build a relationship with a godly man that will treat you like family. We don't have, we were at the, we went to lunch, we went to the Olive Garden, and the waitress was being, you know, she was being very cordial, but also very nosy, and why, you know, what are you all here for, where's everybody from, are you all family, and we all kind of tripped on that answer, and finally the Holy Ghost just grabbed me, and I said, we're all here for Jesus, and yes, we're all family, and she went, oh, okay, how much do you know? We are family. Listen, we're going to heaven together. I was I was driving home and I got kind of teary-eyed coming home because I got to thinking, Lord, when I get to heaven, I'm still going to, Brother Rand, I mean, Brother Randy's still going to be my spiritual dad when I get there, right? Like, He's important to me. Pastor Tommy, he's important to me. I want him to be there. That's my family. That's my spiritual family. I want my family there. And he said, yep. And I just I just heard it down in my spirit. He said, yes, not only will your spiritual dad be there, but your spiritual granddad will be there too. Talking about Kenneth E. Hagin, who I'd never met in person. But I thought, and I mean, just tears just began to well. Why? Because we're family. We're family. And I thought, Lord, that's so good. Come on. To verse 6, wherefore, um, uh, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Listen, God said, men, I understand how I created you, and I understand that it's a sacrifice for you to pray and put it in my hands than for you to handle it on your own. Listen, it's hard, ladies. We need to understand this. Men were created to handle business. They were created to take care of it. They were created to push forward, but to be the fixers. That's what men were created to be. Why? They're created in the Father's image, and the Father is the ultimate fixer. So it's very hard for our men to go, well, God, you created me to be a fixer, but mm, can you fix that? So when our men go into the prayer closet, I'm telling you, that is spiritual sacrifices that gets God's attention. Remember when Stephen was preaching, Stephen was proclaiming the word of God? How much do you know? Uh, people could have looked down on him, but Jesus stood up and gave him a standing ovation from heaven at the point of his death. Why? Because, G because Stephen said, God, I'm going to say what you say. I'm going to do what you do. Our men need to be men that are working to get that standing ovation. And us women need to help them. We need to give them a break and give them an opportunity to get into their prayer closets. Because when the men pray, whew, it's acceptable to God by Jesus. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believed on him shall not be confounded. Listen, that chief cornerstone is Jesus. And if you believe on him, men, you're not going to be confounded. I, I know we're at time, but we I really got to get this chapter in. Are you good or you want me to take, keep going? I can go, I guess. It's up to you. I know you're, you're working your All throat. Right, verse 7. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, 
but unto them which be disobedient. The stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, were unto also they were appointed. Listen, Jesus, your chief cornerstone. You follow God, you're going to be good. Those that disallow him, those that reject him, those that are offended by him, they're going to stumble. But those that receive him, all men that are going to receive him, this is who God says you are. Look at this. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness unto his, his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from the fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto the governors as, who, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, Honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and Gentile, but to the froward, as this is thankworthy of a man for conscience toward God. Endure grief, suffering wrongfully. But what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But, but if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. How much you know Jesus was buffeted and he just stood there and he took it. He just stood there and took it. Man, a man that can stand there and just be fussed for things and yet just stand there and take it. That was one thing I enjoyed that I really always looked up to my stepdad about. Though he was a big man, though he could take care of business if he had to, he was a very patient man, and he had total control and mastery over his emotion, and he was able to stand, and he was able to take what came against him. Why? Because he knew God was on his side. He knew God was on his side. I didn't understand that that's why he knew it, but he knew God was on his side. Come on, just a little bit more. For even hereunto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. He didn't talk bad. He didn't talk evil. He, didn't, he wasn't rude or unmannerly. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, 
being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. You are healed. Glory to God. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So if there's a chapter in the Bible that describes to men what men should be, it's this chapter right here. First Peter chapter 2. It's this chapter right here. He said, men, he said, lay down the world's view of men. He said, learn to be patient. He said, learn to trust in me. He said, lay down your anger. Lay down. Listen, I don't, I don't like being me, knowing I'm a weaker vessel. I don't like to be put in a position around men where men are going to go at it with each other because that's a dangerous environment for me. It's a better environment for me when my husband or the men that I'm around can control their tempers and reason things out. It's, it's not okay to be uncontrolled and, and wild. Now, at the same time, even though my husband is very mild-mannered and he's very calm and he's very relaxed, I also know that when push comes to shove, if I needed him to take care of business, if I needed him to defend, if I needed him to get me out of harm's way, he would be there, Johnny, on the spot, and he would handle it, and I would have nothing to fear. And that's what our men need to be. Our men need to be gentle, and they need to be strong. They need to walk in their authority, and they need to be submitted to God. And, and, and our men are that way in this church, and I'm thankful for that. Um, online, those that hear this message, I, I hope all of our men are encouraged today. Uh, because here's the deal. You're not going to leave your first habitation. We're not going to let the devils and the demons take you out of your habitation. You've got authority. You've got dominion. You've got power. You've got might. You've got ability. All of heaven backs you up. Uh, the ladies in this house, we're for you. We're not against you. Uh, we love how you honor us and respect us. Um, you know, and that's the way it should be. Our men are going to be men. Our ladies are going to be ladies. There's several other verses I could have taken you to. Our young men are going to learn from our older men. Uh, you know, don't our younger men don't need to sit there and say, well, I don't need to learn nothing from them. They're all washed up old fogies. No, they've got great wisdom, great, great, great wisdom. And we want to take that wisdom while that wisdom's here and available to us. And uh, so we just, we just want to tell our fathers, thank you for the job that you've done. You know, we know that it's not always easy to be a husband and a wife or a husband and a, and a father. We know it's not always easy um, to be a strong man in the community and stand up against some of this stupidness that's going on. Uh, but uh, you're not alone in your walk. You've got the support of the ladies. We're here to be a helpmate, and uh, we just want you to be encouraged today. Glory to God. Thank you, Father, for our men. You want to bless? We'll do our tithes and our offerings as Zach will come. You want me to bless? Mm -hmm. He said, my throat is done. Okay. Thank you, Father. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we praise you and we honor you. Father, we thank you that Pastor Mike's voice is completely hailed, whole, and well. We thank you uh, that all that Miss Ann, who's resisting sickness, and Bridget's mom, Sandy, is healed, whole, and well. Father, we thank you. Oh, Derek, that's the other one that was traveling. Father, that he's traveled home safely and that he is well in Jesus' name. Father, we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. 
Father, as we sow our tithe, we thank you for the opportunity to sow this seed. Satan, you take your hands off the people. You take the hands off the money. You release it. You let it go. You'll not hinder the word, the flow of the word in any way. In Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, we give you the glory. Angels, go and cause provision to come to every family, every tither, every giver. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen and amen. Father, we thank you for increase. We thank you that increase belongs to us. You can serve the people. Glory.